This week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast is sponsored by Pure Creative Apparel. From logo design to specialty clothing to branded merchandise, the team at Pure Creative Apparel can take your ideas and bring them to life. You can find out more at purecreativeapparel.com. And we thank Pure Creative Apparel for sponsoring this week's show. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. This is episode number 70. Four. That's right. And I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Welcome to the show. We have an exciting show, jam-packed with great stuff to talk about as far as the final Run Disney virtual race series and a, a trip to a recommended destination from a listener to complete that, as well as a new place that just opened up not even 30 days ago on the Disney property. Well, you might say that this is the end game for oh my our God. Marvel series. Just walked right into that, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, the the new recommendation or the recommendations that we got from some of you guys awesome. and, and some some new stuff discovered is pretty mm-hmm. exciting. So I think that this is going to be a, a great week for you all out there. And I know it was a great week for us. Yeah. Yeah. How, how is your recovery, sir? Well, tell us about that. Give us the update. I mean, I've been living with you. Do, I know. Do, 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 do. The update <laughs> is um, that I'm still broken, but um, ah. every, every week getting a little bit less. So I've, uh, I'm, I'm now, uh, as of recording, we are almost four weeks post-op yes. and the knee's coming along good. I'm walking very well every day. I don't have to wear a knee brace unless I'm recreationally walking or, you know, what would be a run, but I'm not running at all. And I talked with my physical therapist who strongly recommended against trying mm-hmm. to run prior to six weeks out from surgery. So that means that in a little less than two weeks, when we're up in Alaska, oh. I can participate in the half marathon as much yeah. as the knee will allow, but I really shouldn't run. So I will be bringing up the rear back there where the party hey, is. That is where the party that is, is where man. The party is. Come on. And I'm just going to embrace it and have a blast doing it because yeah. when are we going to get back to Alaska? I know. We've never been there. So, anybody out there who is listening to the podcast from Alaska, if you've traveled to Alaska, you know anything about Anchorage, Alaska, and you have recommendations for us. Help us out. We would love to hear them. We would love to hear them. Info at runeatdrink.net. We would really appreciate it. That would be info at runeatdrink.net. Or you could call us at 941-677-2733. Yes. Yes. So give us a call. Let us know. Any information you got would be really helpful. But 941-677-2733. 
2033. But this is it. This is this is the end game. This is the end game of our Run Disney Race Series, virtual race series, celebrating 80 years of Marvel. And I know this is near and dear to your heart because of Stan Lee and his recent passing. Yeah, it was very touching to be able to do a Marvel race uh, in the year that Stan passed. And being somebody who grew up with comic books and Mm. is a huge fan of what Marvel has been able to accomplish with their cinematic universe in addition to the to the comics and I'm Mm. I'm a dyed-in-the-wool comic book fan in our Mm -hmm. TV room and we have a wall of collectible Mm. comics a lot of first editions mounted so we're I'm I'm legitimately a comic book fan long before there were good comic book movies and I just love the way the stories have been told. I mean, I didn't grow up on the comics. I loved The Incredible Hulk and Lou Ferrigno and that that whole television series growing up. And I had the, the bean bag or the uh, sleeping bag. Mm-hmm. It was a sleeping bag. Sorry. <laughs> uh, and I, it was just, it's, it's the whole mythos of the superhero and the way that Marvel has told that and laid that out over the last decade or and more yeah 10 10 plus years yeah. 21 movies and it's still going strong all the news from that comic-con let me tell you i can't wait i'm super excited about all of that so it i think it's been really timely to run this series of races and back to your point about the recommendations that we got on facebook and instagram and uh, everywhere on social media you know, in June, we ran some of those suggested paths that mm-hmm. uh, the Boardwalk Bakery that we featured. Yes. And for breakfast. For, for breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've, we've had a couple of breakfast items now. Well, we've been trying Disney. to get these races done early. And yeah. we also, in, in talking with some of you out there, we, we realized that, you know, we don't do enough breakfast items. You know, mm. it, it's very... I don't want to say it's easy to, but we tend to default more to lunch dinner lunch items mm-hmm. and the things to drink being more on the of the adult variety. It's kind of right. nice to vary it up and make sure that we're we're giving the most yeah. important meal of the day it's due. Getting some coffee. You know, it's important to us. Some chicory coffee from last month's race. Oh, heck yeah. So, yeah, and we did Port Orleans in July. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Port Orleans kind of running path and had amazing food there. So this time... We had to take a listener recommendation, or we were lucky enough to take a listener recommendation. You guys came through for us on this. Wow, yeah, and we hope that continues. We'll send you some swag. Reach out. No joke. Anyway, Stephanie Swan, who follows our podcast and is is one of our uh, followers to chime in on our live broadcasts and is just really active with us and supports us. She she sent us a blog post, an article from touringplans.com. Touringplans.com. And our dog approved of it as you just said. Right d- yeah, if you hear our dogs, you know, they might be alerted to the construction going on across the street or something oh. like that. I don't know. <laughs> but or the dogs <laughs> from our backyard neighbors. So <laughs> So if you hear that in the background, you know, that's what it is. But Stephanie Swan, she sent us an article from touringplans.com, which we have heard about on Be Our Guest podcast. 
And they just had the perfect article that broke down all the running paths, aside from Run Disney Races. Mm -hmm. And so we looked at, okay, well, we've done kind of the Yacht Club, Beach Club, Boardwalk. We, We did Port Orleans. What's a new one in here? And then we started to talk about, well, we're... We're headed over to Coronado Springs anyway to check out some new food offerings mm-hmm. at Grandestino Tower. So why don't we take that path and check that out? Because it's been years since we stayed there. Yeah, we used to stay there. If we were going to be going up to Disney for a weekend, you can really blow through your budget if you start looking at some of the higher-end resorts. And if, if for you the trip is all about time spent in the parks, then you tend to de-emphasize maybe staying on property. Well, when they built Coronado Springs, which is considered a moderate resort, right, and it was geared towards small to medium-sized conferences. Yeah, because it had a convention had center a convention and still center. has. Yeah. Um, they were offering fantastic deals years ago, so we used to go to that one quite a bit. And mm-hmm. it also was very pretty, very well-themed, mm-hmm. a great food court for quick-service food. So, Oh, and they had a killer, like, spicy, peppery, pineapple, jalapeno, margarita. Uh, no, 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 no. Didn't they? No, no. No? That was a pineapple... Habanero. Habanero. Oh, how soon I forget. Yes. Or maybe it's just because I had a lot of them. I don't know. It was glorious. And that was the only place on the property that uh, that I I knew of that you could get that at the time. But they have, in the last couple of years, with building this new tower, they've gone through this whole re-theming and re- Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know if they call it re-imagineering because it still has a very southwestern- uh, theme feel to it, mm-hmm. but colors have changed. Yeah, some of the artwork, or a lot of the artwork has changed. They they really are kind of leaning into mm-hmm. imagery, really going more. Well, I, I say southwestern. It was southwestern. Now they're leaning more towards like Spanish. Yeah, specifically, mm-hmm. and it, with the Grand Destino Tower, they did a lot with the Dali family. Mm-hmm. And incorporate a lot of Salvador Dali's elements throughout the hotel. Yeah. And I didn't know that they had collaborated together, Walt Disney and Salvador Dali. Yeah. Yeah. So that was neat to discover. It's a really cool. um, So we decided to go check that place out. Yeah. And see what's changed since we last stayed. and, Mm -hmm. And the answer was a lot. A lot. Like, we need to get back there if we can. But they had a great... um, Pretty easy running trail. When I say easy, I mean flat. Yes. It wasn't a whole lot of bridge work or overpasses or stairs or anything like that. None. It was just flat, and it it gave us kind of an overview of the property, what they had done to the rooms that existed when we went there that they had repainted and kind of redesigned kind of landscape and features. Mm -hmm. And the beautiful water and how they had built the bridges to make it easier to get around that hotel because that hotel is huge It's almost as a conference hotel. Yeah, and when we say bridges, I mean, I guess it is technically a bridge, but they're they're, flat. They're flat. They're more like like boardwalk-style walkways Mm -hmm. um, that go over the water feature. But it's basically a loop around the water. Mm-hmm. It's about 0.9 miles, point eight, mile. point 0.8 miles close. around, and we started at the base of the Grand Destino Tower. Yes. And we just do 
a lap around that, which would take us out by the pool. Yeah, we, the dig site pool. Mm. The dig site pool, which I'm glad they kept. It's so cool. If I were I like a kid, pyramid. I would love it. Yeah, you get that that um, you know that Central American ziggurat style pyramid, it's awesome. and it it's just gorgeous. And, and the blue water against that coloring that they chose those muted browns. There, are, I, it it was just uh, the theming and the luxuriousness of the pool area. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it, it's great for families too, but it just felt so nice. And that's the area where they really encourage kids. Then yep. as we take that that path around, kind mm. of on the opposite side of the water, mm. they have a quiet pool area mm-hmm. back between a couple of the buildings for what they call the casitas or uh, right. smaller ho- right. or hotel rooms that are detached from the Grand Destino Tower. Right. That, that, that were part of the original hotel. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So we looped, and I will tell you, I was so glad that we, we didn't get up early this time, although that had its value in discovering some great breakfast and all of that. But the evening sunset around that water was just gorgeous. Yeah, you probably will get to see a photo of Mm. that in some of our social media this coming week. beautiful. We lucked out when we decided to do a late run Mm. and we got to the hotel and we decided to head on out back and we start doing the loops by... By the end of loop two, mm-hmm. it was four loops around for us to complete our 5K. Yeah. By the nice. end of loop two, we started getting the sunset. By oh. the end of loop three, it was absolutely all golden light. And then, uh, you know, loop four is almost yeah. to the point where it was getting dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just gorgeous. Yes, it was humid. It's Florida as, in the summer. As it always is. But we were lucky enough not to have any rain. And we just... It wasn't for time. It was for the enjoyment and experience of taking in that that hotel and its surroundings and what they have done to it since they renovated it and opened the tower, mm-hmm. and, and just enjoying that last run and thinking about um, you know the Captain Marvel medal in June, the Tony Stark Iron Man medal in July, and then when we finished this, the Black Panther medal. That was so aptly themed and had like the purple and the black accents. And it was hefty and brushed metal, gray brushed metal metal. finish. Yeah, like a gun metal. And and the bonus metal. The bonus metal Mm. was like like a manhole cover. It it was huge. It's enormous. And it just said Marvel 80 years. And it it just being able to finish that and put that on and, and take pictures with that, knowing you know, we were paying homage to Stanley, to everyone that was responsible for that entire series and what's to come. And what's to come. Yeah. And putting a cap on the way that we have added variety to our training this summer. Yeah. I mean, we could have easily done these races in the neighborhood and we've done virtual races in our neighborhood in the past, but it was kind of nice to be able to take a day, do a day trip, mm-hmm. get our run in, then go enjoy that area. And since this was a Disney-themed race anyway, or, well, Disney-Marvel-themed race they own them. anyway, mm-hmm. and, and we're close enough driving distance to day trip there, it's yeah. a great way to spend the day. So lucky. And to give you an excuse to go in and yeah. explore and indulge in and around the Disney area after yeah. doing a run. So I would do it again. 
Oh, absolutely. And until Disney or the folks that run Disney bring back the, the California races, hint, hint. Oh, please do. You know, we'll, oh, I please. would be willing to do these, you know, if they were to do another series of, of Marvel medals, mm-hmm. because these medals are fantastic. Now, yeah. we did we did the unboxing. The, the for the first two. For the first two, and we kind of showed the others in their wrapper. We didn't mm-hmm. do an unboxing video. We had initially no. planned to, but by the time we got done with the race, it was really dark. We had a mm-hmm. dinner reservation. We did. So, so maybe hop on this week and just kind of yeah. show people the other two medals. I will. I will. You know, we will. Good way to, you know. Let's do it. Show you what you might be missing and what to mm. look forward to if this opens up again next year. Yeah. Yeah. But Even if they choose a different theme, who knows what they'll do. Well, with them starting the phase four, and they kick that off with Black Widow next summer. So excited. Yeah. Ah! Um, they have a lot of potential for, for different themed medals that would just make for an excellent addition to your collection. And again, crazy. Again, not everybody yeah. is into the virtual race thing. I like it. You know, if I'm going to do it anyway, I might yeah. as well get a reward for myself. And, yeah. you know, that little extrinsic motivator. Yeah. Sometimes that's that's what you need. Sometimes. And I like to add variety to our training whenever we can. Like the, the whole reason we went to the Keys for the marathons that we did was to vary up our training, and I, I like how we Yeah, it wasn't to go to Key West at all. It was to right. vary up exactly. our training. What? Okay. <laughs> I give up. It was a great time doing this virtual race series anyway. So. No, it, it, it is because you could pound the pavement in the neighborhood at any time. Yeah, you can. You know, and that's just it. But that gets boring after a while. And we're lucky enough to be able to have a neighborhood that's safe to be able to do it. It's, but you have to add variety. I think it helps in your mental training. And I, it, it just, I, I think it just adds something to your racing season. Absolutely. So, yeah. So my question for everybody out there is, what do you do to vary up your races and oh, keep yeah. it new and interesting? The tr- during there, the training series? Yeah. Yes. Are there places season. that you go uh, to get a run in that uh, might be worth a visit to somebody who might be coming through your area at some point at mm. a random time in the future? Let yeah. us know. Info at runnydrink.net. Yes. Where should we go? Or 941-677-2733. If there's a cool spot, even if it's just for a day trip to come and do a run, if it's a trail, if it's just a a sightseeing place, a Mm -hmm. tourist place, whatever the case may be. Or it might be a local race that supports a great cause or something. always looking for ideas. Yeah. So let us know. Let us know where to go. But like I said, we finished this race. I got that photo of you with your Mr. T starter set there. She had all these medals and she's like, oh, these things are heavy. Yeah. I'm like, oh, you poor thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you earned them too. I did, but I didn't bring my set with me. Yeah. We need to get pictures of you. I did forget that. So we did have a dinner reservation. We did. Because somebody told us we should check this place out. Toledo. Toledo, Toledo. Spelled Toledo, pronounced Toledo. Toledo. Yeah. But it is what on the 16th floor of the Grandestino Tower. And this is a this is their if you're not familiar, the we we mentioned that they built this tower. Mm-hmm. They've been open for 2 months? No, a month. A month. A month. I'm sorry. So super new, incredibly yeah. beautiful tower and then you go up to the 16th floor, you get off the elevator, you go to your left, there's Toledo. You go to the right, there's the Dahlia, Dahlia. Lounge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the building 
if I kind of describe it for you, if you go into the restaurant, you, you walk in and you're kind of lengthwise, and I believe the building is facing, um, the, the, the large flat sides of the building are facing east and west. So mm-hmm. on one side, you've got a view of the parks mm-hmm. from those yeah. enormous glass windows. Basically, this whole, the whole wall on the east side and on the west side of the glass. restaurant is glass. Mm-hmm. So on one side, you got a view of the parks, mm-hmm. which is great because if you're having a late dinner there around 9, 930, you get a free fireworks show from the yeah. 16th floor. It's beautiful. Super cool. Mm-hmm. And a perfect view of the new... Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, we did. We sat like right there in the restaurant where we could see that. I mean, it was granted it was getting dark, so we couldn't do a whole lot of recon. But, but and then on the other side, you've got the sunset. Oh, so the sun Gorgeous. was just setting when we got upstairs to get seated. It was beautiful, gold and blue and purple. Kind of behind Amy, and then behind me, right. she's looking at the parks through the windows. It was great. I I got to see the the Hollywood Tower Hotel, and yeah. you could make out the logo and the writing there, and you were right up there with it. Yeah. Woo. And the the, the ceiling of this place, it's the stained a, it, glass. It, it looks like uh, stained glass, and they've got a lighting effect behind the stained glass to make it look like mm. uh, the sunlight moving. So the colors are slightly changing ever so slowly over mm-hmm. the course of your dinner. It's it's this arched ceiling with the stained glass that runs the entire length of it. Yeah. They've got a enormous wine rack or yeah, wine it's cellar. It's huge and it's situated in the middle of the restaurant. Situated in the middle of the restaurant and it's glass enclosed so you can see everything yeah. in there. It's just the fit and finish mm-hmm. for the experience there was fantastic we got to get more into wine because that i was looking at that i was like oh we should try some of that yeah yeah but it would all i'd be like what's this taste like red what's I this don't taste know. like white i yeah. i'm not a wine person yet mm. so we got to learn some about that but if you've been listening to us for any length of time you know that we kind of started off our show talking about our love for spanish tapas yes We've done a couple of episodes on Spanish tapas, and oh. lo and behold, tonight's episode is going to be about tapas, Spanish tapas. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because we thought that is how we can bring more of the menu to you. Yes, they have entrees. Yes. And we saw lots of people with, I mean, like the steak for two that came out looked like it was the size of, uh, again, to use your compare, like a manhole cover. Wasn't it a bone-in ribeye? I mean, and it, it was enormous, amazing. There were right behind you. People were splitting that at a table, mm-hmm. but then they also had the hanger steak. That was like maybe two tables down from us. Super popular. The hanger yeah. steak. I saw the hanger steak being served quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of people who had it like maybe two tables from us. And, and we're those people who are like, Hey, I'm going to covet, covet your food for a second. When what it comes out, let's look at it. And, and it looked like it cooked. It was cooked. Perfect. Cook temperatures were spot on. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were gorgeous looking steaks yeah so i'm i'm interested to go back and actually try some entrees maybe down the road if we happen to ever get a good deal there yes but uh and by the we'll we'll get we'll circle back around to that before we move off of the hotel mm. um because there's potential right now you may be able to get a really good deal there yeah i think that's going on so stay tuned for a second yeah but 
So we decided we were going to go with some of the tapas offerings to give you all more of a variety of what you might be able to expect when you go there. Yeah, and Crostini was first up on the list. They they had a whole set of offerings, and when you ordered them, they were like, what, three bucks a piece? For a single Crostini, but these are... Mm-hmm. They have like six or seven different, different crostinis that you yeah. can get. So it's three bucks a pop, and mm-hmm. they suggest you know if you're going to get <clears throat> get them, you know, pick two or three, maybe four, yeah, for yourself. Mm-hmm. But we we ordered three, and we we split that. Which, I mean, the like the first one we got was the olive oil poached tuna with lemon and green onion aioli. Yeah, so they give you this nice pile. Of the tuna meat with, you know, drizzled with the aioli and Mm -hmm. sitting on that nice crispy bread. It was pretty substantial. And the crostini was super crispy. Yes. Super crispy. It was not like a, like a soft bread. So, and I think that that was because it needed to stand up to the amount of topping. Yeah. That one Generous, generous amount. Had a generous helping Mm -hmm. of the tuna. Yeah. And. You said it when we were talking about it, and it, it dawned on me. I'm like, yeah, that actually is a great description. You said that the the olive oil poaching kind of imparted a little bit of a hint of Kalamata olives to it, too. And you were spot on with that. It was crazy, like it, but like not it was overwhelming, to- like it was topped with Kalamata olives, but they were not. It was not there. There were no Kalamata olives. But no, no Kalamata like- olives were harmed in the making of this Crostini. But uh, that's one of my favorite olives, though. So. <laughs> I love, love, love that. And we were we just came off of having tuna. Yeah, down uh, in the keys. Down in the keys, mm-hmm. and this was a totally different, different. presentation. Yeah, it's cooked, mm-hmm. but the olive oil poaching it doesn't was different. It and doesn't make it flaky. No, like that whole flaking so that you create almost like oh, it's your about to create a tuna salad. No, it's a different texture. It's like a weird hybrid between cooked flaky tuna fish and that um, almost gelatinous or or firm but uh, chewy texture of raw ahi. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean, and it doesn't dry it out. No, it was. I mean, it was great. That was killer. Yeah, I liked that one a lot. That mm, great little bite. Man, was it my favorite? I don't know because we also had the anchovy in manchego. Got to tell you, it's been a long time since I've eaten an anchovy, like on its own. Well, that's true because normally you get that in like what a Caesar dressing, Caesar salad. Yeah, yeah, Caesar dressing. But it was. Uh, anchovy and, uh, fillets. Uh, yeah, and it was really anchovy forward. Yeah. Shaved you, manchego cheese. Yeah, and, and the cheese was very subtle, whereas usually when we have manchego as a part of some kind of charcuterie board, it is a very present, like a drier Parmesan with a Spanish influence. Yes. You know what I mean? So, actually, it's a good way to describe it. The way they kind of shaved it, it kind of mm-hmm. reminded me of like a Parmesan. Consistency. Uh, yeah, I mean that's exactly what it reminded me of a uh, shaved Parmesan. Yeah, yeah. And then there was, I mean, and it had. Um, if you're not familiar with the the fruit, it also had quince paste. Yeah. So that was like sweeter. 
like uh, like a sweetness or a tanginess to it, but not overly. I mean, I the for the most part, I was left with the anchovy flavor. Oh yeah, by yeah. far. I'm trying to think. How would you describe quince paste or or quince? I mean, it looks kind of like a pear, the fruit itself. Yeah. You know, it's appleish, pearish, yeah. kind of. I mean, it's its own thing. But it was very subtle. Just a just a hint of it. Mm-hmm. It was very subtle. And and then then you said that the crostini also included almond, but I didn't get a whole lot of almond flavor. So no, that it might have been like a like um, grated or, or ground. Something. I mean, it was it was very little subtle. And I, again, I think the anchovy was the dominant flavor there. And again, I know a lot of people are going anchovy. Ew! Sometimes you got to branch out and try different things. I mean, they're yeah. the, they are really leaning into uh, flavors of mm-hmm. the Basque region of Spain. Mm-hmm. You know that they're really going for that. And I said, you know what? Let's try these things that they have to offer and mm-hmm. just kind of see. And you know, was it my favorite? No. 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 Okay. But I'm inclined to agree. Was it pretty good? Yeah, yeah it was good. It was pretty good. Yeah. I think that <clears throat> the third one we had might have been my favorite. Was it? Now, I, I'm i a big fan of blue cheese, and they had blue cheese with fig and honeycomb on this third one. Yeah, Valdeon blue cheese. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. I've never heard of that. It's uh, maybe some type kind of, of Spanish thing. I've never heard of that type you know? of blue cheese, but I will tell you. This was creamy. It w- like some blue cheeses are really dry and crumbly. This was creamier. This ha- had a much f- higher fat content, and it was like sp- almost spreadable, but mm-hmm. it wasn't so soupy like a dressing. Right, and it, it wasn't like a dip or a fondue. No. Right. No. So it almost had like a cream cheese, but it was a blue mm-hmm. cheese. Yeah. With chunks. Tangy, mm-hmm. salty. Like you would expect a blue cheese to be, but then you had fig and honeycomb for that fruity sweet note. And what was great is as you bite into it, you would get that that funkiness of the blue cheese, but then you would get that floral like the smell of the honey. Mm. Yeah, and it was just such that was just a neat um, pairing of flavors. I liked it. I liked it. So that one was killer. I could have done a whole plate of those. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what's good about small plates is then you discover what, what really you love. Yes, <clears throat> so these were called their pink stoves. Yeah. And that was their their crostinis, but they had a different subset of tapas that we also took advantage Cazuelas, of. Cazuelas. Cazuelas. I guess, or small pots. Or, yeah, like a casserole, tiny like casserole. Like a casserole, like a round casserole dish is how all of these came and we had Rioja braised chorizo with field onions, and then it came with a side of the toasted bread. Crostini. Yes. This was probably the most substantial. Yeah, it was thing that we got. A terrine, like it. I mean, a terrine's like a good way to describe a it. A cereal bowl size. Yes. It was a lot of chorizo, and it wasn't like the ground up chorizo that you would have in a breakfast type situation mm-hmm. it was medallions yeah they basically sliced an entire chorizo sausage mm-hmm. or two there was a ton of chorizo in this bowl and it was you know it was in that there was a broth that it was in yeah with onions with the field onions mm-hmm. and those were very tiny onion slivers mm-hmm. 
that were just cooked perfectly. And this chorizo was different. Uh, A lot of, a lot of the chorizo we get, we tend to get Mexican chorizo a lot here in Florida and we tend to get Cuban chorizo Mm -hmm. because we eat a lot of Cuban food and we Mm -hmm. get a lot of Mexican food. This was a very different style chorizo. It was not as, it it didn't emphasize the smoked paprika as much. True. True. So I mean, you didn't have that deep red color that you're very accustomed to. No, it was kind of Natural. muted. It was a muted red color. Very muted. Very like muted. So almost natural. And meat. that salty broth and the onion. I, it was, yeah, it, it was like, it was almost like the sliced chorizo that you get on a charcuterie board again. Mm-hmm. Mentioning that, but it was a little bit thick. Thicker, uh, you know, meatier slices. Meatier slices, and this is also not as dried. No. This this was more of a cooked sausage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think the broth just kept it soft. Yes. So Which that, was great for sopping up with the bread, too. Mm-hmm. So that gave way to your sopping up the bread, and then you have the chorizo, the saltiness. That it was, I liked it a lot. It was really substantial, like you said. Yeah, we were Very two filling. people splitting that. You could easily split that with three or four people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was $15. For a good appetizer. Yeah, 15 yeah. bucks for that. Yeah. And then we went kind of a totally different direction. Yeah. With some stuffed piquillo peppers yeah. that had were stuffed with herb, goat cheese, and lemon. And I will, those peppers seemed fruitier to me. And the goat cheese, it was very herbaceous. It was, it had that consistency. It was, it was hot inside that terrine and that, in that pepper when it was served. And then it was, it had the sauce over top of it. Let's back up. Now, the, the pepper itself was the size roughly of a, of a large jalapeno. jalapeno. Yeah, it almost looked like a red jalapeno, to be honest with you. But yeah. it didn't have the heat. No. So if you're not used to piquillo pepper and like, oh, should I be afraid? It was fruitier. Yeah. It, it has more, like you said, fruity is perfect for that as opposed to either the heat you would get from a jalapeno or the waxiness that you might get from a bell pepper. Right, right. So I I love the flavor of goat cheese when it's cooked and when it's not. I find it's a little bit drier when it's not cooked, when it's just a spread. Mm-hmm. And this just gives it a creamier element. And they had, and a, tangy. And they had an herb mix in it mm-hmm. that it, I don't know what everything was in it, but there was just a hint of mint in there. Just a little so that you had some kind of freshness. And it was so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Highly, highly recommend that one. And you could put one of those. You, again, you had the sides of, of you know, the crostini breads mm-hmm. that it was served with. Yeah. So you could split that, split the pepper, you know, and you know, each of you have a couple of those mm-hmm. peppers on yeah, pieces of bread. I think what bread. did we get? Really substantial size, like three different peppers. Three really good sized really, peppers. Mm-hmm, like, like big. So it was... Excellent mm-hmm. value for the twelve dollars. Yeah, you know, a great splittable. Because also, you got to remember that that goat cheese, as flavorful as it is, it's rich. It is rich. And it is. I don't think one person would want to eat three. Probably not. It's a shareable. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And you know, we wanted to go for something a little bit different on the menu as well. Something that's not as mainstream and not many people would take a chance on. Some people might run in fear. 
but you embraced it. I do, or I did because I've had this in other preparations before, and I was curious what their take was going to be on it. This was charred octopus served with a romesco sauce Mm. and chimichurri. Yeah. That's right. Charred octopus. Yeah. And they don't shy away from the fact that they're going to serve you big pieces of octopus tentacle. Yeah. I mean, you could see the tentacles, and it was a meaty portion that took up the entirety of that bowl. Yeah. You get, I think, three really big pieces of octopus. They were huge. What did you think? Well, there was romesco you've sauce. It, you've there had was, it before. There was romesco sauce and there was chimichurri. And it, this, I think, is in the neighborhood of lamb when you try to describe the flavor. Because it's, it's hard to describe the flavor of lamb. And it's hard to describe the flavor of octopus. So that's why I think it's, those are both challenging dishes to present on a podcast or on any kind of food show when you're you're describing when you're trying to describe it it is i mean yes you have the texture of the tentacles but i will tell you the meat was cooked perfectly tender it was not tough and it had the brininess of the sea just like seafood but it wasn't the consistency of a scallop it wasn't the consistency of a scallop it wasn't quite consistency of a lobster Mm -hmm. but it was somewhere in between yeah yeah I, I agree completely. Octopus is really kind of its own thing. Yeah. If you cook it, if you overcook it, it oh. is rubber bands. Yeah, it's like shoe leather. And if you undercook it, it's mushy and gross. So you've got to get that exact, you know, that sweet spot of preparation. And they nailed it. There was a deft hand in there. And when you do it right, um, octopus, because it holds up really well to grilling. Mm-hmm. It, t- it takes that charred flavor and it, it, it holds on to that charred flavor you know, even after you, you plate it. And it was just fantastic. The, so you've got that perfect texture like you're talking about, yep. which is, yeah, I would say easily in between scallops and, and That's lobster. What I just think, yeah. Because it's definitely not like a shrimp. No. It's, got a, it's a softer bite mm-hmm. than shrimp. Yeah. But then they topped it with you know, almost like a Christmassy uh, combination uh, yeah. of sauces. You yeah. have uh, chimichurri sauce, mm-hmm. which, you know, that is that combination of citrus and, and garlic and oil and herbs mm. that is just fantastic. So I mean, tangy. I, and tangy and just you could put it on anything. And then romesco sauce. Mm-hmm which a lot of people aren't super familiar with, but that's a, that's a red sauce or sometimes a pink sauce. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, uh, pureed, you know, a lot of times with uh, tomato, uh, garlic, toasted almonds, uh, or some sort of nut, you know, almonds mm-hmm. or pine nuts, hazelnuts. So it's got a... It's almost like a pesto, but it's not. Like a creamy red, yeah, kind of a creamy red pesto yeah. is a good way to describe it, but yeah. it is just... A nice combination of flavors with that tanginess of the chimichurri, mm-hmm. the smokiness of the char mm-hmm. on that octopus, and then that texture you're talking about. Yep. What a great bite I thought that was. Yeah. I thought it was good. And typically when I see octopus on the menu, I'm thinking, oh, yeah, you're going to go for it, but I'm going to be like, mm, maybe not. But I really enjoyed that as part of our meal. For me, I think this might have been 
of the six items that we ordered, this might have been my favorite. Even above the blue cheese well, with the fig and the honeycomb? Yes, um, only because I just, I, I think they, this is the one that I think they just really hit the. Those two were my part. favorite. Those two were my favorite, honestly. And then we were also the beneficiaries of an accidental delivery to our table. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they do a preparation of head-on shrimp in yep. a seafood broth. Mm-hmm. I will say, I think that the octopus was f- much I liked stronger. It better. Much stronger. I liked um, it better, to be honest. Yeah. So, you know, I mean. And normally I'm a huge shrimp fan. You it, know? But if you're going for seafood there, I think the octopus. Go exotic. Yep. Take the chance. Yeah. Just do it. You know? You'll be happy. And to wash all of that down, we had to have some drinks too. Yes, we did. Well, before we go on, I'm going to take a minute to tell you all about our friends at Pure Creative Apparel. Anybody can silkscreen a shirt. Look, we know it's true. I, I did it as a project in high school. But the team at Pure Creative Apparel is really much more than that. They will take you through the entire process to create your custom items right from the very beginning with the design of your artwork or company logo. Then create mock-ups to show you what the finished product will look like and help you select just the right high-quality name brand clothing or other merchandise on which you're going to place your artwork or your logo. And then they'll get you your items fast. Or if you're not looking to get into the whole online sales thing and you don't want to worry about inventory, packaging, shipping, and all of that, Pure Creative Apparel has a complete e-commerce package available. So whether you're a school, church, or club needing just a few shirts for a special event or a company looking for a complete branding package, Pure Creative Apparel can help. Find out how by going to purecreativeapparel.com. And we really thank them for their support of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. So, you know, finishing that 5K because it was so hot and so humid, I would say that our number one objective when we sat down to the table is to get some water. And hats off to our waiter for realizing we needed it. He brought us a little craft. Yeah, because we were like, ooh, we're thirsty. <laughs> so, But once we got properly hydrated, yes, we yes. got um, some a nice taste of what they had to offer. And oh. their drink menu here, they, they ha- of course, have beer. Yes. They have wine, mm-hmm. specialty cocktails, and mm-hmm. their menu for beverages is the same as their their beverage menu over at the Dahlia Lounge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you could have it either way. And I think the Dahlia Lounge also had a very nice terrace. Dahlia to step Lounge out has, yeah, great outdoor seating area, yeah. which would let you watch the fireworks. That's why I want to stay there. Mm-mm-mm. Anyway, I digress. We need to bring to you the drinks we had. And we had a couple so that we could give you kind of a flavor of their cocktail menu, but also uh, a just a, an offering from their beer menu. Yeah. Now I kind of joked and said, I'm not really a wine person. And I mean, that part is true, mm. but it's not like I've never had any wine or I don't have any experience with it. And I, I am a fan of port as a dessert. So occasionally I'll get a, a port after a, a good steak. That's just yeah. kind of where I think it belongs is after a steak dinner Hmm. and they had Hmm. one of their signature cocktails that was made with Fonseca bin 27 port and I said sign me up I'm there Port. and this was called their espumoso punch so it's made with the Fonseca bin 27 the cumbier I believe I'm saying that right creme demure lime orange 
Freshenay Blanc de Blanc Cava Brut and Fresh Fruit. So this, best way I could describe this would be uh, almost like a a sangria with mm. oomph. Yeah, like it packs a punch. It, well, it packed a punch. It's got more body to it than just say like a, a light red that you would get in a lot of uh, yeah. jug wines or you know expensive sangrias that you might get. Uh, this had the Freshenay Blanc de Blanc Cava, which is a favorite of ours for using as a sparkling wine topper for for wine based cocktails. The fresh fruit, I mean, it was just this really delicious, deep, rich, dark, purple, fruity deliciousness um, with a slight sparkle to it. I I mean, I really couldn't say enough good about the Espumoso punch. You know, my only, the only drawback to that is, you know, at um, probably, that's probably, you know, a little bit higher in terms of ABV, you wouldn't be drinking a lot of those, but probably flavor, not. But flavor-wise, fantastic. I got a whole lot of blackberry flavor when you let me try that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I that, that's was good. That's a pretty common flavor note for the um, for the port. Yeah, it was really tasty and refreshing, very refreshing. But see, I when I loved mine, but yours was really interesting and kind of reminded me of a sangria that we got during episode one. Yes, you know, oh my God, you steal my thunder. <laughs> Sorry. I, yes, because we put out a little video of them making it table side. At the um, Columbia Restaurant at the, in Tampa. Uh, at the Columbia Restaurant along the Riverwalk in Tampa. One of the, f- God, the first episodes. First episode. The first half of episode we had. We had a sangria de cava. Mm-hmm. And so ever since then, I have, I mean, there is a special cocktail that we like to make at Christmas time. Yes. That has cava. And that's where we discovered it at the Columbia and then I've just gravitated to it. I just like it even on its own. Well, it's a it's a great sparkling wine. Yeah, it's a um, great sparkling wine. And it's And I believe this the Freshenay Blanc de Blanc is the one that we purchase when we buy it for making stuff here at home. Is it? Yeah. I'm gonna have to go back and look at Total Wine. I just don't know. Because it but let me tell you, this when I saw that it had kava, I was like, sign me up, okay. So but wait, which drink did you get? But we can't oh yes. Yes, I'm about to tell you. It had kava. It did. And I was I was just like, so sign me up for the manzana or manzana fizz, which included Augustin Blas, Blasquez. Blasquez Philippe II Solera Reserva Brandy. Harvey's Bristol Cream Sherry Lemon. Apple, the Frigine Blanc de Blanc Cava, and it contained pasteurized egg whites. That was to give it that foam on the, top. With the foam, yeah. So my yours had a dark color. Yes. Mine had a very light color. I really got the impression that these two were kind of like their versions of elevated red, red and white, and white sangria. sangria. Even yeah. though they have a sangria on the menu. They do, but this is kava and I just it's sweet. It's 
sparkly. It's sparkly, but it's different from champagne. Yes. Yeah. It, uh, and all of these flavors together were just so refreshing. Oh, yeah. They were so refreshing. And the lemon and the apple, it wasn't too tart. It wasn't too sweet. That kava made it sweet. The lemon kind of balanced it out. And I, I just, you know, and sherry sometimes is marketed as, as, as drier. But I don't think the whole cocktail was really dry. No. No. I, but your, yours had a crispness and a freshness to it, which yeah. I really liked. I really liked it. I would get it again. Now, it is, I'm like you said, it's something that will pack a punch. Yeah, these are, ele- these are elevated as yeah. opposed to like the house. It's not like sangria. you're slamming this and have another and slamming this and have another because these are higher priced cocktails because they have so many unique flavors. Yeah, mine was twelve seventy five. Mm-hmm. Yours was thirteen dollars. Yeah, so you kind of have to, you know, you have to decide: is it am I gonna order a cocktail that I'm gonna sip on throughout the meal, or is it gonna be something where I want something lower priced so I can have several? Right. So that's I. But this was fantastic. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. And then I also had at the end of our meal, that was what I sipped on throughout. But then I also had at the end of our meal, I couldn't get away from having a little bit of bourbon because, you know, that's one of our favorite spirits. Mm -hmm. The a la prima Manhattan, which included Elijah Craig 94 proof Kentucky straight bourbon. Yeah. Amaro Nonino Quinn. Tessinta. I think We're I I just that. think I'm gonna butcher that, but La Copa by Gonzalez Baez Sweet Vermouth, Maple Syrup, Orange Bitters. And I'm telling you, it was a fantastic old fashioned flavor. Yeah. Um it kind of reminded me of there there's a great again to harken back to one of our favorites in Tampa, the Columbia. which takes a ton of Spanish mm-hmm. influence. They have Pete's Manhattan there. Oh, so fantastic. it reminded me very much of that and mm-hmm. in a very good way. But I think this is sweeter than the Pete's Manhattan. And I want to say it's the maple syrup. The ma- yeah, the maple, I think. That does that. I think it has a little bit more of sweetness, whereas Pete's Manhattan is like, yes, you ordered bourbon, yes. And all of the, and all of the sweetness from Pete's comes from the vermouth, I think. Yeah. But I also had a, another beverage, right. and I actually revisited a beer that we were introduced to at uh, the most recent Tampa Beer Run. <sighs> Happened to notice that they offered the Estrella Galicia 1906 Reserva Especial, mm-hmm. and this is a fantastic lager that Estrella Galicia makes that I just had a little two ounce taster of at the at the Tampa Beer Run, and I said, really like "This that. is fantastic." That was good, and it's a it's a darker, almost uh, almost a, an amber in terms of its color. Mm-hmm. You know, it's got a really balanced flavor mm. of that of hops and malt, with, with I think a little more of a malty finish than a hoppy finish. Um, it clocks in at about six point five percent ABV. Great frothy head on the beer, mm. just uh, 
probably, you know, one of my favorites that we've discovered this year. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to say that, did they not have it? I mean, I tried it when, when you had it, when we were here, but did they not also have it or something else by Estrella Galicia over at Sanaa? They may have, but that's not what I ended up getting to feature on the podcast. No, or maybe they did. I don't know, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's it's present on the Disney property. Yes, yes, it, I, I believe that it is, and I, I we're starting to see this this brewery more and more mm. starting to pop up in other places. Yeah. So, if you see it on the menu, you know, don't confuse it with Stella. It's Estrella or Estrella. I can't, I, again, yeah. my mm. pronunciations are awful. But don't let my bad pronunciations weigh you. Maybe it wasn't Sanaa. Maybe I'm thinking of that wrong. Maybe it was at the Columbia when we were up there, when we normally yes, go up is, there for like Christmas time. It was at the Columbia. Oh, yes. Sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely at the Columbia. So yeah. this is one <laughs> I absolutely would recommend. I mean, it's got just great toasted malt flavor. The bitterness is not overwhelming. It's it's just a, a really good lager. The, and I liked it when you let me try it. I perfect thought that with was it, great. Perfect with seafood. Yeah. Um, and yeah. cannot recommend this one enough. Mm. And so. man, I mean, like with that fig crustini, I think it would really just go... Well, yes. with that cheese, blue cheese, and yes. in fact, I think on their website they they mentioned that this one pairs well with smoked cheese. Yeah, so baby. Between the smoky flavors of the of the charred octopus and the cheesy flavors of the Mm-mm. crostini that we had, I mean, that yeah. was a, it was a great choice. Yeah. So well done, and it was like eight bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. Nice. So that was our indulgence after we accomplished and explored a little bit their uh, explored their menu yay so i i teased a little bit that you might have an opportunity to get a good deal right now and again we're not a disney podcast we are doing the we're doing these runs at disney because we happen to live in relatively close proximity we can Mm -hmm. day trip up and this was a disney marvel themed race yep this hotel just opened yes and you are more the, the Disney guru of, of the family. So talk a little bit about what people, what deals people might be able to get a hold of right now. Well, and, I, and why. I think right now, if you are a Disney Vacation Club member or you are a Florida resident or you are an annual Walt Disney World pass holder. Okay. You can get on their website and you can get some good deals here right at the end of the summer for some of the rooms just to go and try out. And I think that even, you know, club level, concierge level, where you get like kind of snacks and drinks throughout the day and um, maybe a little nightcap alcoholic beverage kind of service or cookies or dessert at night, kind of a concierge level service, is even a little bit more affordable now at this moderate resort than it normally is at some of the deluxe resorts. So if you're a pass holder or you're a Florida resident, you really, it it behooves you to go and check out the deals on Walt Disney World's website, you know, or, I mean, you could hook up with our friends over at the Be Our Guest podcast and the Magic for Less travel. 
Yeah. Uh, by the way, not a paid advertisement. No. We are just fans. Mm-hmm. And if you are looking at doing a Disney vacation, because this is a new hotel, Disney's wanting to get people in there yep. to check it out, to yep. help their staff work through the kinks, mm-hmm. and to get the word of mouth out there. Mm-hmm. So I say try it out before the price goes up and you could reach out to them and they could tell you what's out there as far as good deals. And when you say good deal, I mean, I know that we were looking at prices and, and you're looking at, I think in some cases, sub $250. Something like that. A night. And again, this is for... Depends on the night. Yeah. Depending on the night. Mm-hmm. But remember, again, this is for a moderate resort that is, I will tell you, feels looked premium it feels deluxe we've stayed at some of the deluxe resorts on the property this was gorgeous Mm -hmm. yeah so i can't wait to get in there i mean if we can if we can sneak in there before the price goes up and get a good deal because we are florida residents you know that's true and pass holders and pass holders we need to connect with them and kind of get the deals before galaxy's edge opens and then the skyliners open and then the whole thing is just to yeah the yeah. price goes up they realize what they have they're gonna well <laughs> i think they know what they have they're trying to get you hooked now yeah. so the first one may not be free but it's going to be inexpensive so yeah try it while you can if you're interested in a walt disney world vacation and you want to mm-hmm. try staying on property heading over to this property and checking it out yeah absolutely going to be worth your while Mm -hmm. and we didn't even mention the fact that they've also got a couple of other satellite restaurants on the property they they still have the um the maya grill which we've eaten breakfast at Mm -hmm. which is fantastic yes their food court there is one of the best quick service food courts on the disney property by far and they've got something for everybody at that food court they also looked like they had a place out on the water where you could have a drink. Yes, they have created... Three Bridges, a, I think it's called. Uh, I think so. Mm-hmm. And it's it's on the water, and it's it's just gorgeous. It looked like Especially if you had a sunset. drink there, yeah, at sunset, it would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, drink, nachos. Mm-hmm. Something. Amazing. I don't know. So <laughs> check it out. We'll have links in the show notes. Yeah. And... Uh, we are have got some cool stuff coming up. Um, oh, we, yes. we have a couple of we have some travel coming up. We do. Um, next week we're going to be uh, for the first part of the week we're going to be in Orlando mm. at a conference getting our learn on podcast movement. We will be at baby. Po- podcast movement 2019, trying oh. to learn how to be better podcasters for you guys. Yes, and meeting some of our fellow podcasters to see what they're doing and kind mm-hmm. of spend some time with our people networking. Um, so we are going to have some, some content all for, through the rest of this week. Mm-hmm. And we have already got next week's episode in the can. I'm so excited about it because while we were up at Disney, we had the chance to indulge in their uh, flavors from Florida 2019 at Splitsville. And if you're not familiar with Splitsville, you should be. You should be. Mm-hmm. It is a the best way to describe it would be a luxury bowling experience, and the dining at, at Disney Springs. And the dining is just next level, next level. And where we were lucky enough to have a chat with their general manager and meet their head chef, their corporate chef, their. Um, 
the person in charge of their communications and marketing. And they took us through some <sighs> uh, some items on their menu they wanted to showcase. And we're so excited to bring that to you. So that's going to be next week. While we're getting our learn on. Yeah, and I don't think you're going to be disappointed. We certainly weren't. They, you know, we got welcome with open arms, and we are so excited to bring you what they've got to yes. offer there. And this is going to be so a great. place that uh, episodes you're not going to want to miss. Mm. Great content on social media all next week as yeah. well. So keep your eyes on that. But mm-hmm. um, what we're hoping we can get you to do this week, do us a favor. Head over to Apple Podcasts and drop a review for us. Oh, yes, that yeah. is. You guys have been helping us out with that, and we cannot thank you enough. We've gotten a ton of five-star reviews, and we cannot thank you enough for that. That helps us so much in getting discovered. Yeah, that's how we want to grow our community, our community where we can run, eat, and drink together. And you guys giving us a, a review on iTunes helps get us served up more when people are searching for content about Mm -hmm. running, eating, or drinking. Yeah. So thank you. Please keep that up. Fellow runcationers, unite. Exactly. Yes. So um, as we're going to wrap this week's episode up, remember, we are still looking for your suggestions. If you have any familiarity with Anchorage or you've just got some ideas for future races, Amy, where can they give us info they can call us and leave us a message or send us a text at 941-677-2733 or they can email us anything in writing or they can attach a little voice memo that we can play back on the show attach a voice memo come on we want to hear from you guys which would be really cool at info at runeatdrink.net that's info at runeatdrink.net Yes. So help us out with suggestions for Alaska or any future runcations. Believe it or not, we're heading into the end of 2019. We've got to start planning our race calendar for 2020. So we do. Give us suggestions. Yes. But for now, for now, that does it for this episode. Thanks for tuning in on your long run, your commute, wherever you listen to us. Thanks for listening and have a fantastic week. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having a great third year because of your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're at Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or shoot us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.